Hey, everybody. This is Patrick, the Chief Monkey and founder of Wall Street Oasis. Just wanted to first off say thank you so much for listening to this podcast. Second, wanted to make sure for any of you in the market for financial modeling training, remind you that Wall Street Oasis does have some incredible financial modeling training courses, including Excel modeling, financial statement through, you know, linking up the three statements, DCF, valuation, M&A, LBO, um, even more niche courses like 13-week cash flow, venture capital course, real estate modeling, you name it. Go ahead and check them out at wallstreetoasis.com slash courses. Thanks for the support. Hello and welcome. I'm Patrick Curtis, your host and chief monkey, and this is the Wall Street Oasis podcast. Join me as I talk to some of the community's most successful and inspirational members to gain valuable insight into different career paths and life in general. Let's get to it. Another interesting chat with the WSO interns. If you're interested in applying to the internship, please check out the show notes. There's a link right there. Enjoy. Hey, everybody. We got a big group today. Exciting to see. Happy June. Everyone's still kind of filtering in here. Hey, Brandon. Hey, Owen. Hey, Lucas. Jana, Almat. I see some familiar names here. Mazin, Walta. Hi, Manya. Uh, let's see here. Smith. So I think we have. Oh, there's a lot of people coming. So this is, I think, going to be a record. I think because we're hitting uh, the summer here in the States, I think we're going to have a record of uh, attendees. I don't know what our, um, if there's a limit. I don't think there's a limit on this room. So that's good. Or it's like a thousand people or something. So we're fine. Hi, Anja. Hey, uh, Hanya. Sohan, Ali. I think I said hi to a lot of people, Ellie, Reham. Okay, so let's get started. I think, um, so sorry about last week. I was in I was in Disneyland with the three kids, so I, I wasn't able to make it. Um, had a little vacation over Memorial Day weekend, um, but I'm happy to be here. I think we've had a lot of new people start, so very excited to welcome all of you. And just like the previous uh, weekly uh, weekly meetings, I'd like to open it up just by, you know, seeing if anybody has questions specifically about the internship first, and then we can, once those questions are answered, we can kind of jump to career-related questions specifically around uh, networking, uh, interview performance, career paths, anything you guys or gals have um, have questions on so we can help. And it's it's useful because I'm more... A little more U.S. centric in the sense of I understand the stuff a little bit more here, and Nabil is a little bit more. Uh, he's in UAE, so he has a little bit more of an uh, international perspective than I do. So it's nice, uh, a nice combination between the two of us. Usually, usually we can have uh, somewhat knowledgeable answer for for all of you. So um, appreciate you all joining. So just to start out, does anybody have specific questions around the internship? I know we we had some changes over the last few weeks. We've switched people from. Uh, Hubstaff over to Clockify. If you don't know what I'm talking about, the Hubstaff, that's fine. It's probably because uh, you just joined recently. Don't worry. It's, uh, Clockify is all you need to know. Um, but I know there was uh, a little bit of confusion around that. It was just 
you know, switching, going from one platform to another, and then specifically, um, you know, focusing less on activity and more on just the output that everyone was putting out um, rather than just like hours and stuff like that. So that's been the major changes. Are there any questions around that? We have a hand up. Jana. Hello, everyone. Hello, Mr. Patrick. Hi, how are you? Good. Uh, I'm, I'm just want to ask, uh, I, I put in my uh, Google form that I'm going to start at 6.6. Uh, six. Mm -hmm. So basically, I should start the, my assignments and my tasks on 6.6, six, right? Correct. Because, uh, because I opened the general office, like, uh, and I saw everything, but I, I was a little bit confused, you know? So... This is yeah, my first you start June, you start June 6th. What I would suggest is in the Slack group, there are like a there's a section on how to get started, a guide right there. Yeah. I click on that and just read through that carefully. And there's videos to help guide you through in terms of how to start um, and other stuff. Um, and if you have additional questions, um, once you kind of review that, definitely reach out to us and we'll, we'll try to address them and make it more clear. Okay, thank you. No problem. Welcome. Uh, Sohan, you have a question? Uh, yeah, hi Patrick. Uh, hi. I was going to, uh, I was going to ask that uh, we have like we have to write twenty one articles, right? So it's a twelve week internship, and uh, the timings are flexible. So like, if we can write one article in one week, we can write four articles in the next. Correct. So it works like that. Yeah, I that think. Uh, yeah, I think it's it's fine. Um, if if there's some flexibility. I'd warn though that if you're not putting, you know, the 15 hours per week. I mean, Nabil, if you have strong opinion on this, but um, if you're not putting the 15 hours per week, it starts building fast. If you try to save it for the last few weeks, it's pretty tough um, okay. to, to do it all at once. So I wouldn't suggest kind of waiting six weeks, seven weeks, and then trying to put it all in the back half because it's going to be pretty. It's going to be pretty tough to to do it successfully. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. Yep, no problem. Nabil, do you agree or no? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Yeah, but it is spread out, you know, from the start. But then it's like, uh, uh, you know, like college, right? Like people tend to push everything to the end and try to get stuff done. Better to avoid it. Or you could get through it faster. <laughs> yeah, that's another way to go you about it. Get through it faster, get all the courses, and then I actually have time to study them during the summer and then put that on your resume, which would look even better. Um, Ibrahim, how could I answer you? You have a question. Uh, hello, Patrick. Hello, Hi. Nabil. I hope you're doing well. Uh, I was just uh, researching a couple of topics that I wanted to uh, pursue uh, as an article, but uh, unfortunately, my grandfather passed away two days ago, and I was occupied with uh, uh, with, with everything regarding that death and attending uh, my uh, so uh, in the, the last couple of days, I wasn't able to give a lot of, uh, put a lot of effort in my research and my writings. I just wanted to notify you about that. And uh, I wanted to ask you if uh, we can find any published articles just as uh, to take feedback on, on what to write, what, uh, how, what image types, because I watched the videos and like I saw the guidelines. Of this. I just want to see a clear view on how to continue. I'm not sure I follow. I think you're asking, are there more specific examples of like how to continue writing? Uh, an example of a published article that uh, we, you want us to publish at the exact same type and way. 
Oh uh, yeah, uh, I think Josh is usually posting articles that are going live into the chat. So if you look up at the history of the chat, you'll probably see some saying, hey, thanks to XYZ intern who helped us get this live. Um, and so you can click through to there. Uh, otherwise, you can look in the sheet. There's specific links to articles that are that are marked as final done live. Um, you could always look through there and get a sense of, of what a final article looks like. That's usually helpful. Then you can get, okay. get a sense of like of you know the quality of the writing, the sections, how we're doing bullet points, how we're trying to break it up and make it readable for for the readers and stuff like that. Okay, thank you so much for your help. You're welcome. Um, Christian, Christian, you have your hand up. Yes, I. Good morning, Patrick. Good morning. Uh, I had a good uh, question regarding well recruiting cycles. Um, so I'm a bit in a, in a dilemma if, well, I'm just one year from graduating and I have the choice to, well, one year, but however, I have just one term of four, mo uh, four month term for doing electives. And I was wondering if what's the best time to, to look for jobs, if, would it be best for, uh, find jobs in the recruiting cycle from September to December or from January to April, taking into consideration that I would like to uh, mostly find a job related to, well, in the investment management industry, mostly. And where are you located again? Remind me. I'm in Vancouver in Vancouver. Canada. Yeah. yeah. Um, if you only have one year, you know, one year left coming up, basically your last year, um, I'd be looking through starting now um, in terms of interviewing for that because there are there are people who will be doing internships this summer that are getting full-time offers um, for graduating. So I, I think what you should be doing is um, you know not not don't worry so much about the exact timing of when is more advantageous. Um, but I'd say earlier is is always better to start like getting yourself into the interview process so just so you can have reps in terms of getting better at interviewing telling your story both on the behavioral and the technical stuff um, i think it's going to make you a better candidate so you shouldn't you know you're close enough now to graduating where you should be interviewing for full-time positions right away when you go back to school right because my just a very quick context uh well i am actually starting a master's in management the six months um program on june of next year so oh, I have okay that changes things from september to june exactly i have that 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 like eight months uh so it's and, a master's september to june yeah so i'm technically getting my undergrad in economics on may 2023 why are you doing that master's in management uh it was initially because i wasn't that sure of what i really wanted to do so i was just like okay uh, how, much that that costing you? how much is that costing you Mm, just a few thousand dollars okay that, yeah yeah okay it's and not like an mba thankfully not i was gonna I say if you're spending i was gonna say if you're spending fifty thousand canadian on that i would try to talk oh you no no way <laughs> yeah it's crazy um yeah no that's that's not actually a, a bad place to hang out is getting a degree if it's low cost um it allows you a little bit longer time to to not look unemployed um and get get another crack at getting into recruiting cycles like you said but i like much more important than how well you do there, I think is going to be how well you're networking starting this summer. 
um, okay. and, and who you're talking to and just getting more specific about the type of fund you want to work for or the type of investment management you want to work for. So like, is it within an investment bank? Is it a standalone company? Is it, you know, asset management? What specific types of assets are you talking stock equity bonds options? What do you, you know, do you know what I mean? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Getting a little bit of understanding about that, or even if you're not really sure being well-versed in those different options so that when you're going into the interviews for a specific type of fund, you can at least uh, make it look like you're more interested in that type of asset class. You're right. And in the more practical sense of like how, what's the most common recruiting cycle for investment firms or well, traditional funds, uh, based on your experience, when do you see it's most, like apart from summer, what are the most common uh, seasons for? I think it for investment management, it's a little bit more. If you're talking like small hedge funds, it's totally random. It's whenever they need a seat to fill it. Um, if you're talking like larger, like institutional fidelity, like large asset managers, large investment managers, um, where they, they typically have like these programs they put people through. Um, with like, they're hiring so many thousands of people every year that it's like, they probably, they have like start dates like every month. So, um, it just depends what specifically specific types of programs you are, but I, I would focus less on like, when's the best time. Cause it doesn't matter when the best time is like, you should be like trying to get into interviews now because you're, you're done in a year. Right. So um, even if I don't accept something like just as a practice. Yeah, huge. That practice is so valuable. Okay. Like okay. so valuable. Like like interview for anything and everything. Even if you have no interest. Like even things, things that aren't exactly related to investment management. If you can get an interview, just to talk about yourself and talk about your story. Because you, all interview is, all it is is selling yourself. So getting good at selling yourself is a skill in and of itself. Right. And so like, you need to practice that live in a real setting, even if it's not as stressful because you don't really want it, it'll make you, uh, it'll make you better in the, in the third, fourth, fifth interview you have. And then when you do have that one that you really want, um, you're going to be much more polished and we're, we're more confident going into. Right. Certainly. Well, thanks, Patrick. Yeah. So to, yeah, I would just say, don't focus on, I would say, start, start as soon as you can. And that doesn't necessarily mean you have to send your application everywhere, but it does mean you should be talking to people within the types of funds and types of firms you want to be working at now. <laughs> okay. I know okay. it seems like a far, a long time away a year, yeah, yeah. but, it, but you know, if you, the more prepared you are and the more people, you know, within the, the companies that you're trying to get into, um, the more you're going to hear about openings in the fall, in the winter. Oh yeah, that that makes total sense. Thank you. Yeah, no worries. Yeah, they may not even market the, the open jobs, so that's why talking is so important. So, uh, let's see who else. Uh, Pranay. Yeah, Patrick. Thanks for Hi. the thanks for the invite. Uh, actually, I have a little different profile than the usual ones. I have I have already have a working experience of eight to nine years, but I have been working as a uh, engineering consultant, non as a not as a any financial institute or something. Uh, but I do want to switch my career. Uh, and along with that, I just attempted my CFA level three and I'm hoping to clear. Uh, so hopefully within two months, I will have my CFA level three as well. So I just wanted to discuss with you what is the best possible way to, to where I can see my you know transition from engineering stream to a investment banking stream. Uh, Nabil, you want to take this one specifically about CF since this, we're talking CFA level three, I know it's more investment banking, but, um, 
go ahead. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, like I said, last last call, like I just met someone who's done engineering and then he did CFA and then he moved to investment banking as an associate. But then that's because he's in UAE. Like, uh, I think uh, if you're in like US, it's very defined. But uh, if you come out like international, like uh, the CFA might help uh, if you can demonstrate knowledge because engineering people are generally looked up to because, you know, uh, well, they're generally considered to be like, you know, good with numbers and all of that stuff. If you can somehow demonstrate that with your with your CFA and like apply it to finance, like a lot of doors open. Like uh, if it's IB, then yeah, chances are a little lower. But then if you go into asset management and all of that stuff, like yeah, uh, you could try for those ones. Oh, uh, by the way, where are you based again? Uh, right now I'm in India, but few months back I was in UAE only. Oh, okay. Yeah, UAE you would have chances. I mean, uh, IB recruiting is still up. PE is down here. Yeah? because of the uh, impending uh, uh, economic situation. But yeah, uh, yeah, go about it. Like just, uh, they don't really care what your undergrad is, uh, if you can demonstrate that you actually know finance and you've worked somewhere and the typical usual stuff, right? Go to an interview, uh, leave a good impression, network, uh, uh, meet to, people, to, yeah. To be just really to... honest, I, I've been to interviews and I've been good at my interviews. Uh, they all say either two things. One, uh, that I don't have a previous experience, which I say I know, and that's why I want to start. And the second thing they say is that uh, if we hire you, you will leave us very soon. And I, I, I tried everything to tell them that, no, I will not leave, but they are not. like It's a chicken egg situation right now for me, and I just want to get rid of this situation. Well, this, this internship will actually help. Um, I think it'll okay. help make, I think it'll help show a little more. It'll just make your you want to on your resume, you should probably get a resume review, to be honest. Um, if okay. somebody who's gone from engineering to finance, you need to okay. downplay your engineering as much as possible on there and and like just scream finance as much as possible. So like you should be featuring the financial modeling you're studying, this internship, any other finance related associations you're part of, the CFA, like it should just be screaming, I want finance there okay. so, so there's less concern about that um why are they saying you're going to leave uh because of the recession between those because I, I started my career from uae only uh and oil has a recession between 2014 to 18 so i switched many jobs because of the recession uh, but they consider as if i am not a, a i am not a long-time player i try to tell them that it's not because of that it's because of the market situation uh which i had during those times yeah, that's really hard. Yeah, I mean, people are just gonna assume that you're gonna. What's your longest you. tenure at a company? Uh, two and a half years. And when was that at the beginning? Uh, no, just uh, the last one. Then, I mean, I would almost. Yeah, one way you can kind of get around that. Are there any like similar companies that um, you when you had to jump? like uh, because of uh, economic stuff? Are there any companies where you're doing similar roles? Uh, almost in all the company, I was doing similar roles with it previously. Somewhat investing? Uh, similar role in, this, role in the sense, uh, all my companies before this, I, I'm involved in the engineering side only. Yeah, so like you could have one, one job, one entry for all your engineering roles from 2014 to 18. Okay. And say, uh, worked at several middle market engineering businesses. This is what you. This is why you need a resume review because you need a and your LinkedIn needs to be reviewed too. You need somebody to make it 
<laughs> that's a, that's great feedback. They told you, we think you're, you're going to leave because you need, that's like something that you should be able to get across that. Like, this is something you really, really want. And you understand that it's going to be 80, hundred hour weeks, blah, blah, blah. You're, you're ready to put in the work. Um, you're not going to leave. This is, this is where you want to build a career. Okay. Um, and like, so that should, that should come across if you know, that's like a, a thing, but then more importantly, you're probably not getting as many interviews because if they're, if they're picking that out from your resume or from your background, um, you should really try to like consolidate those, the number of companies into like okay. most like a generic entry on your engineering jobs and be like, you know, worked at da 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 da. Maybe don't mention the three or four, maybe just mention two, you know, 2014 okay. to this, and then kind of hi- highlight, you know, worked at this during, uh, you know, primarily in these things. So you have like four bullets there under like that, those four years, that's it. And you're really featuring these last two and a half years and um, the CFA and the financial modeling training and, and kind of honing on that. I think that might help you. Um, okay. Yeah. Yeah. But you need to, you need to come across if that's the, um, if that's the feedback, sorry, the first feedback was you may leave us. The second feedback was what? Uh, that I don't have a working experience uh, in investment banking. Or are you applying for associate roles or analyst roles? Uh, to be really honest, I'm okay with the analyst role as well. Uh, I just want a fair uh, opportunity to grow to associate, uh, not like a traditional way, in a yeah, yeah, fast track yeah. way. Oh, wait, you don't want to grow the traditional way? Yeah, like traditional way in the sense, like my understand, my expectation is they should consider at least like a few years of my experience uh, out of that. But yeah, so if that's coming across, they're, they don't give, they don't care. They're not going to uh, hire you. That's why you're a flight risk because you're 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 putting that you're somehow conveying that in the interview, or somehow uh, conveying no. that in your letters. Like they don't care about your I, engineering background. Like they yeah. like it because it shows like uh, rigor. But they're going to want to pay you as little as they can. They're going to work you as little as they can and squeeze as much value out of you as they can as you're coming across. And you have to be willing to get your foot in the door. You have to be willing and you should be willing to take a first year analyst job because guess what's going to happen? You are going to outperform do really well, assuming you, you like it and you're going to get that associate promote really fast, but it shouldn't be something you convey um, in the interview. Yeah. Okay. I think that's hurting you, honestly. So I, I would change that. I would change They want the humble, hungry, humble, hungry, humble, hungry. Okay. That's it. That's what they want. Actually, they, 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 they compare my current CTC with the CTC that they are offering and they think that uh, it's very low, then definitely this person will not stay and he will definitely go. Uh, the compensation? The you mean the compensation? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and you can say, look, I, I, I don't mind taking a pay cut because I understand this is this is where I want to be long-term. Um, you know, I think I think it is a concern for them. And that's why as you get older, it's harder to get in. You become yes. more, more siloed, you know, eight years and they kind of start looking at you and be like, well, what's taking you so long to get over here, you know? Um, but I, I think you just need to offset those concerns with a desire to, to say, like, I'm willing to start from the bottom. I understand the pay cut. Like showing that doesn't, then once you get in there, you have the job, you have it on your CV. And then a couple of years, if they're not promoting you to associate or senior associate or what have you, then it's so much easier to lateral. You have it on your resume with deal experience. You just got to get your foot in the door initially or else. Yeah, yeah, I'm just trying for that only very hard. Just, just get it my is. first pack. It is very hard. Good luck. Yeah. Hopefully this internship helps open more doors, more interviews. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Yeah, that's, that's a whole, uh, this thing. 
just take a look at the uh, in the Slack group. There's an example of how to show this on your on your resume on your CV. Sure. Okay. Right. And make sure your I hope your CV is one page. Yeah, it's one page. Good. Okay. Uh, Hari. Yes, sir. Hello, uh, Patrick, Neville, and all other friends. So, uh, what I'm trying to know is this the right place for me or not? Because my scenario is different. So, I am 50 years old, and I recently completed my MBA in December last six, I think, four, five months, six months before. Mm -hmm. So, I wanted to be long more, you know. Of, you know, fi uh, financial you know matters like you know I want to be a financial analyst and uh, I'm, I've been looking to know more about the financial modeling values and like that. So I've been you know visiting your site many times, and uh, I don't know, I don't know at this point because uh, I used to be an accountant for the nonprofit you know organization the long time more or less two years and then since i moved in the us i'm struggling to find the job that was the reason i went to the college and get the degree and still i'm um, you know where did you get your mba from here in the us where uh west texas a m okay here in the texas yeah so um and you want to do some sort of financial analyst type work Yes, sir. So that's super big. So that's your first problem. It's, yeah. it's just big. Yeah. And like, you know, until you kind of hone down on more specifically what you want, it's going to be very hard to get what you want. Um, yeah. yeah. And so like, it's hard. I think if you're reading a lot and, and your background, you did have some accounting work in the, back, in, in the previous experience. That's good. What else have you been doing in your career? Uh, at this point, I'm, I'm, I'm working as an insurance agent. And I've been went through the, a lot of interviews, and the, for the accounting role, they said you know you have a gap. So the most of the clients they're looking you know who are working right now. So you have a gap, so we cannot hire you. And uh, some of you know the why do you have a gap? Well, that's the red flag, right? Why do you have the gap? Is there? Because I move in the U.S. No, I'm not from the U.S. Right uh -huh. originally, and I move in the U.S. and I was trying to find the you know similar field. To work, and uh, you know, I didn't get the chance, you know, at the first, right? And now I went to the back into the college, you know, and get the degree. Uh, but still, I'm trying to, you know, go to the you know, accounting sector, but they don't want it, you know. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. They said, you know, mo most of the, you know, the organization they said you have a gap. And uh, the last couple of months, I've been interviewing uh, in government and non-government organization. And most of the questions behavioral, not the technical. And at the same time, they are looking for the technical, you know, skills like financial modeling, ERP export, you know, like power, a lot of things, you know. So at the same time, you know, I have to develop myself all those areas. Yeah. So I'm just trying to get an idea, you know, from idea. I mean, you know, advice from you. So it is a right place. My advice, yeah. My advice to you is, I don't know your financial situation. I don't know your life situation. So, like, are you desperate for a job, like where you have to have a job, or can you invest in yourself into those skills and then? Because, like, it's very, it's very different if you're like, I need a job now. Like, I had a mentee who was working three jobs 
all paying him like $14, $10 an hour, uh, working 70, 80 hours a week. And he just couldn't, he had a couple of kids. He couldn't get himself out of that spin. I'm like, why? I'm like, what are you doing? You're a Georgetown grad. I'm like, go get a job at Fidelity. Even if you don't want to be there long-term. And sure enough, he did that just through a little bit of networking. And once he had that, suddenly he has one job working 50 ish hours a week. And then he has 20 hours a week to work on himself. Um, and so I think it's helpful, like, you know, an MBA from a non-target school isn't necessarily going to help you break into like any sort of high finance role. Um, it's good to show the degree. It's good to show, show all that stuff. But I think, you know, one of the warnings I say to all, I'd say to all the interns here is, you know, make sure you know what the degree is for and specifically what the placement stats are from whatever school you're going to. For you, Hari, it depends. Like if you really need the money and you really, like I would be, um, you know, you, you, you're kind of in a tough position because you have some of the accounting background, but like you want a financial analyst role, but you have never held those roles. So you have to like really just network and give, let's get somebody to give you a chance. Um, but it's hard with those, without those hard skills. Now, if you start doing the financial modeling, the valuation training, you, and you market yourself well and you interview well, then you can maybe start breaking in at, at you know, at a, at a level, but you also have ageism working against you. People are going to be uh, discriminate against you for a couple of things for your accent here in the U S and then also for the, the fact that you're older. Right. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, you have a lot going against you. So I'd say like, you need to, you need to be more focused in terms of like what specific types of jobs you want and then get the skills exactly needed for to, to perform in that role. And then, and then network alert, become really good at just talking to people and asking questions and, um, explaining kind of what you've been up to. So you're right now graduated without a job from your MBA. Yes. Yeah. So it's, it's really tough. And now there's, and that gap is what's killing you now. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. So because, you know, I don't have any experience, you know, in the accounting sector or either in the financial, you know, analyst roles right here in the U S So that was the reason, you know, they don't want to have that. that Did I'm you have interviews while you're in your MBA? Yeah, so after that interview, I had uh, you know several interviews, JP Morgan and the city of Houston. And I have several interviews still now going on the federal job. And you didn't, and none, did they give you any feedback? Nobody, nobody gave me any feedback. They, some of this saying, you know, you have a gap. Oh, this is the, you have a gap. So let's say for example, city of Houston. So I, I learned the SAP, right, program. I know how to run, but I don't have a practical experience. You know, I didn't yeah. apply, you know, while I was working, you know, I'm, I'm working like that. So the, the head of the finance, she said, okay, so I was thinking, so you can run, you know, efficiently SAP, but you just learn, but you don't have a practical experience. And uh, later on, they said, okay, we will inform you once you, know, you select, right? But they have not yet recruited anyone. My 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 status is showing progress. It's been a month, but I'm not getting back from them. Yeah, you shouldn't depend on that. Yeah, you shouldn't depend on that. I you know, I think I think you just gotta do what I said in terms of like being more focused and targeted and trying to develop the skills you need. But it's you're you're up against so many things right now. The gap is hurting you. Um and the age. The age, the accent. You know, it's, Excellent, yeah. yeah, like if you have to client facing, if you're having to be client facing, some people are going to be like, no, we can't put you there. So you need to, yeah, I think 
there's no easy answer here. And I think um, if you want to send me your resume uh, over email, more detail, uh, I can I can take a look, um, and I'll try to give you some quick feedback there or point you in the right direction. But um, I think we. I want to give some other people some time here too. So I got to jump in half hour. So, okay. um, but yeah, send so, me your resume, uh, Patrick at wallstreetoys.com. Okay. So what about this internship? Is that something I uh, can continue? Yeah. Yeah. You can, uh, you can continue it. I think it will help you show more finance oriented stuff and develop the skills. But I think more importantly, you got to figure out what, what skill, you know, what skills can you develop here that'll map to a specific job opening okay. or like they won't care about, the age and the, everything else. All right, thank you very much. You're welcome. Thanks for being here. Yeah, guys, I don't, um, I don't sugarcoat it. I won't sugarcoat it. I'll tell you, I'll tell you, dude. I'll tell you, dude. Straight. You know, if if things, you know, I think things are hard sometimes, and um, unfortunately, sometimes we use uh, degrees, or you're moving to a new country, or something, and it's 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 super hard. Um, Mazin says this happens in UAE. Market isn't stable. You have to keep working for a visa. Uh, here we go. I can't read all the names here. One sec. Let me change my view. Uh, is it Abhijit? Yes, sir. Hey, um, what's your question? Okay, so hello, Patrick and Adam. So I started the internship about a week ago. And I'm not exactly from a finance background. So I'm doing master's in physics. And I kind of want to leverage myself to the finance world. So first thing was, uh, how do I get, like my ideal industry is basically hedge funds. So uh, when I looked at hedge funds, they don't exactly share their contacts or anything. So how do I network myself to hedge funds? And the second is, uh, I ideally want to work into USA. And when I apply for jobs in USA, they ask for work authorizations. And I don't exactly have work authorization. So how do I get around that? So first question, um, great questions, by the way. Thanks for asking them. So first question is specifically around networking with hedge fund professionals. So I would look for, um, you can use the company database on Wall Street Oasis to look at specific, uh, get a list of hedge funds right there. So if you go to slash Wall Street Oasis slash company, filter by hedge funds, there's a list right there. You can um, you can have that right right off the bat. Then once you go from there, there's actually naming or email conventions that are in those. Um, you can use LinkedIn, or you can even start trying to send out emails, cold emails. A lot of them will bounce back at you, but you can use a tool like hunter.io um, and just start, start trying to talk to people. But I think the bigger concern here is your desire to be in the US. Probably the hardest part to get a work, work authorization and visa. I was talking to Nabil about this, um, and he's in UA, and I'm like, you probably want to go to London if you want to be in finance. Um, it's much easier, or even Canada. Um, to get in. So like, I think that's a much, much harder uh, path. And I think what you should watch is we have an international visa uh, course um, that we can get you access to. You should watch those discussions and see what people suggest on how to do it. There are ways to get it, but a lot of times it's lottery. Um, and what year are you in school? You, you look young. Uh, I'm right now like my course is kind of integrated masters and bachelors. So okay. I'm in my third year. Third year. So okay. I finish in fifth year, about like three years. Okay. So yeah, I mean, now it's a good time to be to having those discussions. Um, is there a specific reason why you want to be in the US? Not particularly. I just fantasize. 
Yeah. Um, I don't know, Nabil, any suggestions, any thoughts that I'm not providing? Going to the US? No, I'm just like, uh, specifically like, uh, you know, his, his situation. He's a physics major, physics major. Physics and hedge funds is pretty good, yeah. Because, I mean, especially on trades and stuff, like uh, if you can put your, if you can model well, look for those patterns and all of that stuff. Because I think uh, there's a lot of like Brownian motion and all those kinds of like very theoretical stuff that comes in at certain funds. Uh, yeah, I mean, the yeah, confidence, the top ones, like, Shah, Citadel. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Like you should be, yeah, you should be looking at. Uh, there's a filter on the company database called prop, uh, prop trading firms. So Jane Street, um, New York One, all those. Um, some of them have gone under. A lot of them are in Chicago. Maybe you want to get to Chicago. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think it, you know. The networking part is almost easier than the than the visa work authorization part. Um, the other thing you could think about doing is getting a job specifically at another quant shop that is somewhere easier to get a. Um, get That's a what I was thinking. I could do summer internships in maybe just another country or something. Yes. Maybe I could leverage that. Yeah, once you leverage that, especially if you show some of the work you've done, proprietary work, and like, oh, I built this model, I did this regression, I did this, 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 back tested this, and um, I'm not an expert in quant funds, but I think trying to talk and find mentors that specifically have a similar background to you with maybe a physics background that are now at those funds, and getting on the phone with them and asking them like, what would you guys need to see to hire somebody like me besides all the mental math and all the crazy, you know, obviously off the charts intelligence. Um, what would you need to see? And so I think that's going to give you a much better insight than um, than myself personally is trying to talk to somebody on the inside there that's at those funds. They're not they're not going to share everything, but they'll probably if if they feel like you're a younger version of themselves, they may share some insight. That would be really helpful. Have you done any networking or reach out to people? Uh, not particularly. Yeah, are you using LinkedIn? Yeah. Yeah. So I'd start like today or tomorrow. Just uh, connecting with anybody and everybody at all these quant funds. Yeah, we'll do. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Even if only 10% accept it, maybe 10% of that 10% will get on the phone with you. And maybe the one of those calls will lead you in the right direction. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> but you got to do, you got to, you got to shoot your shot though, right? If you're not shooting yeah, yeah. at all and just saying, oh, I don't know how to do it. It's, you're not going to get anywhere. Um, you need to get on the phone with some people who know, know the inside. And it's, that's not me. Unfortunately, yeah, <laughs> that place is a very much a black box. Um, what goes on she, in there? She helps a lot. Like, short, just randomly cold messages. Okay, thank you. Bye. No worries. Uh, let's see, Brandon, what's going on? Oh, nothing much. There was something that you mentioned earlier that kind of made me want to ask a question. Sure. Um, for those of us who are, you know, a little bit older, like I'm not 22 anymore. Um, but I'm still in my twenties and everything, but for those of us who are a little bit older, what is like a way to kind of get around that sort of objection of like, oh, you're older. Like, how are you going to work under like, let's say uh, associate who's like the same age as you or you're younger. Um, just coming across really humble, number one, and not like, I think if there's any, if you're lucky enough to get actually them to state something like that, like a concern like that. Is there a way to preemptively? Well, yeah. So I, I was in this coffee chat with someone the other day and it wasn't directed at me, but he was like 24 and he was saying that he had to hire like an accountant for, it's like a private equity shop that he worked for. He had to hire an accountant for this company that they had just uh, 
bought into and he was worried about like they needed someone with 10 years experience but he was like 24 and he was sort of just openly addressing that he had this concern to me which is kind of funny um but I uh, the thought kind of occurred to me that yeah this will be like an issue and if there's any way to kind of get ahead of it by prior I think it's tough because if you bring it up then it's almost like if you bring it up it's almost like hey this could be you're flagging a problem that doesn't necessarily if they don't have that thought yeah, it's not like I'm putting it on my resume, obviously. But yeah, sitting- but I, I, if they do it, if you're lucky enough for them to bring up the concern, and I, this is why, like at the end of an interview, um, it's a little bit of a bold move. But the end of an interview, um, I sometimes would say something like, you know, "I just want to re- reiterate, I'm really excited about this position. You know, if there are any concerns about my candidacy, I'd love to hear them and to be able to address them because it is something that's, you know, this is this is exactly where I want to be, and I can I can assure you that I'd work." I work very hard. Just delivering something like that really confidently directly to them will sometimes put their and they say, well, actually, you know, one of our concerns is this, 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 and then boom, you can you can address it. They're like, well, actually, I've I've worked, um, you know, I've very much deferred to people much younger than me when I was a junior in this club, and there was a freshman, da, 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 the freshman was doing this, and I did it, and like I have no problem doing that at all. Like I I respect everyone. Age age doesn't really matter to me. It's about you know. Um, you know, the skills and the hard work you put in and blah, blah. And then you can give them that. And then that way you're, you know, so you can, you can't, I'd rather you not say in an interview, Hey, and you know, I know I'm a little older, but <laughs> da, 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 da. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> then it looks bad. But uh, I think more kind of opening it up for them to share their concerns and then you being able to address them with a story that, yeah. that, that completely mitigates it. I think it's a better strategy. So you're just going to kind of hope that they come out with it if it's a concern for them. Otherwise, it's just kind of well, hope, but, but also kind of prod for concerns. Sure. Yeah, um, yeah. For, you know, and if they say nothing, I think just showing that you're really hungry for the position um, and that you want it and you're going to work hard, I think is it goes a long way. A lot, yeah. Being too cool in the interview, bad. It's bad news. You don't want to seem desperate and like, I'll do anything for this job and go crazy like that because it's like kind of weird. Um, but showing that you really want it and that you're serious and you understand what the job exactly is, is like half the battle for these entry level roles, especially it's like half the battle or 90% of the battle. People think, Oh, I need to memorize all the technicals and get all the technicals. Right. Well, no, it's usually mostly about attitude and behaviorals and showing that you really want it and you understand the job. Yeah. I did get told that before that I was addressing too many of the technicals in the interview and they just wanted to get to know me, which was kind of a good good comment, I guess. Yeah. Great feedback. Great feedback um thanks for the question uh who have i not hold on alvin yeah the, the so, wolf is back the wolf is back this thing always scares me after two weeks yeah yeah how are you i'm good i'm good i was just doing some uh, uh work for wso right now yeah so yeah so i have two questions so my first question is related to the internship so I just wanted to uh, clar- clarify. So now since we are using Clockify and like we need to complete the free articles like in 25 hours. So I just wanted to know like, uh, is there like, a, is it like I need to finish the, all, the 25 articles in like a specific time frame? Like I started uh, the internship in May. So right now I'm done. Uh, like with... for people who started before, the, the it starts like however many hours you have left. That that applies for whatever you have left. We're not going to make you retroactively go back. Okay, so like uh, right now uh, I completed around uh, four articles, so I'm left with uh, seventeen. 
So is it like I need to finish the 17 remaining articles by a specific date or no, as long as- No, 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 I, it's more like how many hours have you put in and then however many hours are left, you need to put in that many. So like it may be less than 21 for you if you had already written like four super long articles, for example. And yeah. Um, yeah, you can, it's more based on the number of hours you have left and then calculating the number of um, articles you should be able to complete in that time. All right. So even if let's say in a specific week, uh, I have, uh, I'm not able to commit, like I have some other commitments. So it's fine if I'm able to still complete the, the remaining articles, let's say August or even September, right? Um. I'm trying to think. I think there's a cap of 14 weeks on it, Nabil. Correct me if yep. I'm wrong. I think we yeah. do put a cap of 14 weeks on it just so it doesn't drag out and it's like a two-hour thing because otherwise it just it just ties up our resources in terms of trying to review things and making sure we know how many people are going through it. So I think we do have, if you start in May, um, if you need like a couple of weeks off or there's something that's come up, that's a different story. But stretching out, doing it just a few hours a week and stretching it over like five, six months, I don't think is ideal for us or for anybody. So like uh, maybe around the uh, end of July or start of August, I might uh, might be a good time to complete all the 21 articles. Yeah, and again, I don't think you're going to have to do 21 because if you put in a lot of hours, I think it would be less than that depending on how many hours you did with the initial four. Okay, okay. And so you can ask Nabil that. We can look at your your past, uh, the history prior and, and get to a more firm number on that. And my second question is related to like uh, working in the UAE. So as for me, uh, I'll be graduating in Australia. So I know some friends who are like, who are like uh, older than me. Once they graduated, they went to work in the UAE. So I wanted to know, is it like better to work in Australia for one or two years and then apply for a job in the UAE? Or as soon as I graduate in Australia, I can apply for a finance job in uh, UAE. Like what would you recommend? I'm leaving this one to Nabil. <laughs> no, honestly, it depends. Like, uh, what do you want to, like, what's the purpose? Like, if you just want, like, uh, like, if you just want money, like, yeah, you could come here and, like, do it because it's tax-free and all that. But, like, a lot of people also go the other way, right? Like, because this place doesn't give you citizenship, people uh, travel to other places, get the citizenship, then come back. So, like, you, people go to Canada, they go to Australia get like do five years whatever and then come back for the tax benefit basically so it depends on what you're looking for honestly uh if you did graduate in australia there should not be a problem getting a job uh again like it's just networking and stuff the usual stuff people come back they just apply on linkedin and then they go back because it's very competitive that way it's people like you'll have thousands of applications for a job uh and no one really looks at them so if you do networking and like you know, stay here for a bit, uh, maybe a couple of months, uh, you should get a job. And I'm sure you'd have alumni here, so you could reach out to them and all that stuff. But again, it depends on what you want from the job. So what is it that you're looking for? Uh, so for me personally, just like uh, experience and also right. maybe later to uh, settle there, like in UAE. Because oh, settle I'm in UAE? Really, yeah. yeah, yeah, then you could, yeah, then you could move, yeah, uh, move to the UAE. Okay, uh, so anytime. like let's say I'm graduating next year, so I can apply directly in the UAE. Yeah, you could, but I'd probably suggest going through channels like LinkedIn or emails and getting like on phone calls or Skype 
just because no one's going to look at your application on wherever you apply, like LinkedIn or wherever. That's, it's, that's it's, globally. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Everyone so, in this interchat, stop dropping your resume on online portals, hoping that you'll get picked. Exactly. Very rare. Even the people with the top resumes from the top schools in the world, it's like a 5% response rate. And that's people with like a 3.8 to 4.0 GPA or like a perfect, you know, high honors uh, scores, you know, whatever they call in the UK, double A's or whatever. Um, that's the highest, highest, highest from the top schools in the world. They're getting like a 5 to 10% response rate. So imagine if you're not from one of those specific uh, schools or whatnot, and you're dropping this, you're just going to have like a 0.3% response rate. So you have to apply like a thousand places to get one interview or even one response. So it's really silly to spend your time doing that, making yourself feel good. Like you're being, you're, you're working so hard and staying so busy because you applied to a hundred places online. No, take your time and talk to people and then apply. And it's so much, so much more effective with the, the time you have, the limited time you have, because you got a lot of you guys are still in school or trying to work. So, um, so yeah, sorry, Nabil, for that tangent, but it's just, it's the no, same as everywhere. That's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. That's good advice. It's who you know, it's who you know. Exactly. Um, let's see. Uh, I'm going to butcher your name, but is it uh, Nahi, Nahino Lawa? Or Nino Lawa? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Hi, Patrick. Hi, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. Um, I have a few questions, but firstly, um, I'd like to start with um, the last um, the point you raised with the last uh, person that spoke. You talked about um, talking to people and not just sending applications, like talking to people before sending out applications, mm -hmm. that that's more effective. Um, were you talking about like chatting people up on LinkedIn, like your connections on LinkedIn? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, trying to get on phone calls and zoom calls where you're actually showing your face and you're, you're talking and you're developing some sort of relationship and understand and asking them about their specific role, trying to understand more. So then they suddenly like, then there's like a personal connection with them. There's a personal like investment that they feel towards like making sure you do well. And the way you do that is like, uh, oh, everyone should read that book. What's that book, Nabil, about uh, friends oh. and influencing people, best friend, what's it called? Oh yeah, how, how to make friends how and influence people, friends I guess. Friends. Yes, so yeah. like that, like if you, if, you, if you learn those skills in that book and just talk about them the whole time um, and you know, ask interesting questions and show that you're listening, um, you're gonna get a lot of people that like you. And you're going to get people who are going to want to help you. And then that's what's opening. That's going to open so many more doors than dropping your resume everywhere. Okay. Uh, well, it's not exactly dropping resumes everywhere. It's just applying to um, openings. No, and you, you can still do that. My point is that your time is better spent doing phone okay. calls face-to-face. -face. My point is like okay. 20 minutes spent um, with a phone call with somebody that works at a firm you potentially want to be at someday, or that is in a role that's similar to where you want to be, those 20 minutes with that one person is about a hundred times more valuable than the 20 minutes you put in applying to 10, you know, 10 roles or five roles, whatever. Okay. Thank you very much. It's much more valuable. 
even though it's more painful and it's a, more nerve wracking, it's more nervous. It's not as comfortable. Yeah. The people yeah. who are willing to do that and get on the phone and make those personal connections. And, and guess what? Like, it'll be awkward the first few times you do it. <laughs> it'll be awkward. It's going to be, it's, it's awkward. It's weird. It's like, you know, and that's why, yeah. but, but it's also gets you better at interviewing too. Yeah. Okay. So it's like you're developing multiple skills in terms of how to yeah. talk with people, how to feel comfortable on a Zoom chat, how to, mm-hmm. you're, you're developing a lot more important skills than um, just trying to look good on a piece of paper and uh, sending yeah. it out and hoping, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah. yeah. I know it's, I know it's hard. That. I know it's hard, but I really encourage everybody here to just try it. And, you know, you can do that by, you can do that by basically, um, just sending connection requests to people who are in the roles that you want to be in. Just start, start doing that. And it can be a short little intro. Hi, my name is, you know. Um, so I already started doing that, but sometimes you don't get responses back, you know. Oh, most of the time. Yeah. I'd assume probably yeah. 10% of the people that are, that you send that to are going to, um, 10% of the people that are doing that are probably going to respond. I'd say on your yeah. LinkedIn, looking at your LinkedIn right now, I'd say for that, I'd say, get a get a you you look professional but clean up the background have a bigger smile okay look happier you look <laughs> happy but it's a little bit like a smirk look happier be like <laughs> not like crazy like yeah but like you know what i mean um you know just to just to make yourself look really approachable and like friendly okay um, okay because when people when you send out stuff and then in terms of how you're reaching out on the cold emails when you hit a connection request to somebody Mm. um it shouldn't just don't just let it be the generic thing that linkedin throws in yeah Uh, i sent personal notes perfect and so what percentage of people are you um, i see you have over 500 connections it's better than most people on here (laughs) yeah (laughs) good so you're doing you're doing some of this did you just start doing this um so i just started doing it i used to do it in the past but then um I stopped after some, it, it reduced, but then I picked it up again and started doing that recently. I think one of your struggles are going to be like your, your, um, the gap. So you stopped working in February, 2022. And that's because I'm studying in the UK now for my master's. You did. Okay. So that's good. So you don't have a gap. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, my next question, question is, um, you talked about a one page CV to someone earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, I currently have like a three-page CV. Um, I think that uh, partly because of the template, the template I use. Although there are mostly relevant things that are there, so I don't know what the what the ideal. You don't know what yeah. to cut. Yeah. So it's a great question. Why is a one-page CV important? Well, I think. Most people don't want to look through a three-page CV. So the CV isn't about including everything that you've done or every accomplishment you've done. It's not a running list of, it's not like a research CV or an instructor CV where you're showing all your publications or even a medical CV. A CV in finance is really just like, here are the highlights, here are the skills I have, here are the schools I went to, here's a little bit about me to get them interested to, to want more. So think of like the CV more as a bullet, uh, a billboard and less of like a, less of a rundown of your whole bio. Um, and the billboard, if you had a billboard and people were driving along the street and only had 10 seconds to look at it, if your font was 10 point font on a billboard that's a thousand feet away, they're not going to even read it. 
they're not going to be able to read it. Um, so having too much is actually very detrimental to how how good your CV converts into interviews. Okay. Okay. So I'd really suggest, I mean, it depends a little bit on what you're going for. Some finance positions are a little more open to maybe a two page, or let's say you're like a vice president, you do have a long deal sheet. Sometimes there'll be the one page and then there'll be like a transaction experience on a second page. Yeah. Um, or if like you're a managing director, that makes sense. But usually from the associate level down, it's almost always better to have one page. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And I'd, I'd highly suggest, I'll put in the chat right now. Um, if you're looking for a template, we have a WSO resume review, a resume template that we use for our resume review clients. That's free. And I'll send that through here. Uh, resources. Let's see. Investment banking resume template. Copy link. I'll drop it here in the chat for everybody. So you can grab that there. Um, that, that's a pretty space efficient template. So okay. it's still going to be hard to cut from three to one. Okay. Okay. But, <laughs> but if you're applying to, if you're applying to finance roles, I mean, how many jobs did you have prior? Let's see. <clears throat> accountant for three years. So like, you know, the account executive role isn't the lean transport solutions is short. Account executive role is not as, not as relevant. I'd have more of the financial accountant and the investment investment analyst group. Okay. Be the biggest. Um, yeah. you're, you're going to get questions of like, why did you only stay for nine months? You went to go get your master's, but why go start, start at Abuna? You know, sorry, I didn't get that. Now you're going to get questions around how that stint is a little bit shorter at Abuna. Wow. And you're going to get questions probably around why is there a gap from Bobas to Abuna? Okay. Okay. Time so, to preparing to. Yeah. So there me. may be, uh, and I don't know what the answer is to that, but I don't know if you can make it more general or maybe maybe Bobas is okay saying you stopped in March instead of February and maybe uh, so I actually wanted to change uh, like to switch into um, finance I got tired of the accounting thing and I actually resigned without another job at and so eventually I got that one at Avuna that's bold of you but it's dangerous because then it yeah. leaves that gap, right? Yeah. Yeah. So um, usually I say apply to the roles you want. Make sure you have something else that's that's better prior to leaving your current role. Mm. It's much easier to find a job when you have a job. <laughs> yeah. Excuse me. Um, yeah. But yeah, I would look at revamping your resume. I'd look at trying to get more on the phone on the phone with people. Um, okay. Are you looking to do? Like hedge fund type stuff or investment management? Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, um, I mean, you have some good bullets here. The only thing I'd say looking at your bullets for Avuna, they're all good, but they're not great bullets. You're not quantifying anything here. You're just saying what you mm -hmm. did, but you're not saying what the results were. Mm, okay. Okay. So look into that too. See if okay. you can see if you can make it a little bit more tangible by giving me numbers. Okay. I always say put as many numbers on your resume as you can, even if it's like people are like presented to clients. How many clients? Presented to seven clients. Okay, okay. what types of clients? Presented to seven Fortune 500 clients. Da, da, da. It just gives you a lot more, uh, you know, meat on the bone in terms of um, making the, the bullets much more uh, relevant. Unfortunately, I have to end this because I have a call in one minute. I just realized. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> Thank you very much. 
But uh, thanks to everybody. Um, hopefully this was helpful um, for everybody. Um, I think there's probably parallels for what everyone's dealing with. So um, always feel free to use the chat too. We have uh, open in Slack and we'll do this again next week. And if I didn't get to you, um, I apologize. I'll try to get to you next week. And you could say in the chat, you didn't get to me last week. <laughs> pick me, pick me first. And we'll try to do that. Thanks everybody. Have a great weekend. Thank you, Patrick. Yep. Yeah, bye. Thanks everybody. Bye. Bye-bye. And thanks to you, my listeners at Wall Street Oasis. If you have any suggestions whatsoever, please don't hesitate to send them my way, patrick at wallstreetoasis.com. Until next time.